welcome. Welcome, Church Online. Welcome, Summit Nation, all our guests. Praise God. Man, we're having a good time today. Like my, Jer my, my friend uh, Jeremiah Johnson says, good times ahead. Praise God. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for some good word? Thank you, Lord. Carla was talking about those pigs. I had a different take on the pigs. <laughs> That's good what she shared, but uh, I thought about that prodigal son that was, took the inheritance. Uh, we shared about that, I think, last week. But he asked for the, the uh, heritage, that, the portion of the inheritance that was his, and he went and lived with the pigs. And he didn't have a good experience because, you know what, he didn't belong with those pigs. And um, looking, being on that farm and looking at those pigs, um, now Carla said they're having a good time, and I'm sure they were, but they don't, they don't know how bad they have it. Because <laughs> those pigs in that mud, you know, you couldn't tell them they weren't having a good time. She's right. But you know what? That prodigal son realized that he did not belong in that mud, and he came to himself. And he said, I'm living with these pigs, and uh, even the servants of my father, have, uh, they eat, and they have, they have enough left over. They have spare, you know. But I'm out here living with these pigs. What's the matter with me? I'm going to my father. I'm going back home. Yeah, because those pigs, I'm telling you, they are a mess. Um, one time when I was out there, they, they had to move them. They told me they had to move them from one area to another because they just tear stuff up. <laughs> just make a mess of stuff, digging holes and stuff like that. But there was this one pig, he was hungry, they couldn't catch him. And they're still trying to catch him. There's a couple of them, they tried to move to the other area, but he just, he just uh, elude them, you know. But uh, praise God. You don't want to live, you, you're not designed to live with pigs. Amen. You are royalty. You're heirs of God and you're joint heirs with Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And uh, let's, let's uh, say some things about ourselves. Amen. I am greatly blessed, highly favored, and deeply loved by you. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my Father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. All right. So I want to, uh, and here's something you can do right now. Let's Let's double our attendance right now, not just for the sake of numbers, but so that we can reach more people with this life-changing gospel of grace. Amen? Don't we want to touch more people, as many people as we can? This is for everybody, people that are watching at home, 
on the Summit Church community page, there is an um, announcement towards the top of the page, okay? And I want to thank those of you that have been sharing that, following the instructions, and no matter how you shared it, um, thank you for doing that, okay? But I, I want to give you, um, those of you that have just been sharing it, um, without following the instructions, uh, I want to give you a better way, okay? Uh, any way is better, better than nothing, and I thank you for doing so. But I'd like for you to take a few moments, and I'm not going to take the time to do it here, but just go through the, the steps and just copy that image and share it so people don't have to read all of that. That, that verbiage above the image is just for you so that you know so to give you instructions on how to share it with, uh, with your friends and others, okay? So just follow the instructions, but leave out those instructions. Copy the image. There's step-by-step -step instructions. If you need help, uh, contact somebody, message us, call the church office, or, or message us, and we, we, we can help you with it, all right? And uh, because we don't want um, people to, to see all of that other stuff, okay? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a lot of instructions that they don't have to see. Um, and then when you send the image, go ahead and put a little personal message, something from you to them, okay? Uh, you may know some people who are in need, and actually you can do it right now. It's not too late. Uh, haven't gotten into the Word yet. This is just some announcements right now. You can go, go ahead and, sh and share. Uh, just save the image to your wherever. If you're on your desktop, you can save it somewhere on your computer. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, and save, save it to your photos, and just go ahead and send it out. Share it. Just You don't have to say anything. Just share the image. The image will tell them what to do so that they can get online, so they can experience what you experience here, and they can, they can eat from the same table that you're eating from. Amen? Amen? Another, another thing you could do is you can have a watch party at your leisure. Uh, you can take this, uh, this, this whole um, experience, this, this whole celebration we call our Sunday uh, services celebrations. You can watch the whole thing with somebody at a later time during the week at your convenience. You can schedule Sunday celebrations whenever you want. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Praise God. All right, so these announcements, I'm, I'm not crazy about announcements, but they are important, okay, because we want to it's just a very simple way to, to reach more people, all right? And, um, and you can share that image and ask them, give them a link to uh, YouTube. We're on YouTube right now. We're on Summit Church Online. We're on Facebook. So we're doing a lot of things. And, um, you know, it costs money to do this kind of stuff. And so, um, and, we, and, and we do it all so that we can reach as many people as possible with the gospel. So let's spread the word. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> and I want to take this time to thank every one of you, um, even though I haven't seen some of you for, for a while, uh, those that I've seen, and uh, the seen and the unseen. I want to thank everybody who's ever given us a dollar ever, ever since this quarantine and this COVID stuff. Um, everybody that supported us, with your, your financial support, it encourages me. It really encourages me to keep going. It gives me a boost. It gives Carla and I both a, a, a boost 
to just keep moving forward because um, sometimes I don't feel like doing stuff that I do every day. I mean, I'm, I'm online every day except Saturday, okay? I'm in front of you all. Uh, whether or not you're watching or not, it's available to you. And it doesn't make me any difference. I, we have fun with the few people that get on. And I know some people watch the replay. But um, to, to get up every day and to continue to, to do that, and to, uh, I've got a project I'm working on. I can't wait to share it with you. My goal is to be able to announce it to you on my ministry anniversary of August 11th. That would be Tuesday, right? I, um, I was happily surprised because I thought today was the 10th and tomorrow was the 11th. But when I found out it was Tuesday, I got a, I got a day because I didn't think I could pull it off by tomorrow, but I believe I can pull it off by Tuesday. I also appreciate uh, your prayers. I can feel your prayers. I really can. I'm not just saying this because it's just the, the thing to say. I'm saying it this is real, and I, I really know that something is carrying me. And that's the anointing. It comes from someone, and that's the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And that, that's a good lead into what I want to share with you today. Y'all ready? Okay, we're outlining the book of Ephesians, and we're dividing it up in three parts. Part number one is our position in Christ. And that has to, has to do with sitting. And that's the first three chapters of the book of Ephesians. Now we're into part number two, which has to do with, which is our life in the world. And that has to do with our walk. And that's chapter four, chapter five, in the first part of chapter 6. And then the third part, which we'll get into, is uh, not today, but we'll eventually get into our attitude towards the enemy. That's part three, our attitude toward the enemy. And that's Ephesians chapter 6. All right, so we left off talking about our walk. And let's begin in... Ephesians chapter 4. The, the Christian life is very important. I know I keep going over this, but the Christian life, those of you that are watching online, um, just complete this sentence for me. And those that are here, the Christian life begins with sitting. The Christian life doesn't begin with walking. Some folk try to walk out the Christian life and walk literally means to walk around. So a lot of folks like to walk around, and it also means conduct, our conduct. And, and a lot of people like to focus on, and they focus on our walk. You know, our walk is important, how you walk with God, how you live, basically. And it is important, but it doesn't start there. It starts with being seated. The secret to the Christian life is rest. Well, I thought it was sitting. Well, when you're sitting, what are you doing? You're resting. Amen? 
Everything in the Christian life, I should say this, everything in the victorious Christian life, everything in the successful Christian life begins with rest. It comes out of rest. We live our life, we walk out of the strength, out of the, out of the power that's on the inside. Okay? See, because two people can be on the job. Two people can be walking around. And one person can be doing it out of their own strength. And another person right by them can be doing the same thing, but out of rest. And one of the ways that you can find out whether or, or, or not you are resting is if you are striving, struggling, straining, wore out, burnt out. That's a sign that you're not in rest. Actually, chapter 4, 5, and some change in some, some of chapter 6, okay, has to do with, with our, our walk, okay? And, and that's sort of a, a blueprint, I like to say. It's a blueprint of, so, so, so that you can look at it as you're living out your Christian life. And this is what, this is a blueprint of what your life should look like when it's walked out. Does that make sense to you? Okay, what your life should look, at, look like when it's walked out. If your life is not looking like chapter 4, chapter 5, chapter 6, then something is wrong. And so you need to check that out, okay? Ephesians is an interesting book in that Paul is not addressing a problem. Like in, when, when he wrote the letter to the Romans, when, when, when he wrote the letter to the, uh, the Galatian church, he was dealing with Judaizers. Now, Romans, the Roman church, the Galatian church were Gentiles, and they had been saved, uh, uh, but, and they had received Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but some Jews came along and said, well, in addition to Jesus, you need to keep the law. But how many of you know that Christianity is, is Jesus plus nothing? See, we don't keep the law. We've been delivered from the law, and we're married to Jesus. But these Judaizers came in and tried to um, convince them that they need to keep the law. So Paul wrote those letters to the Romans and to the Galatians to, um, to correct that situation, to tell them that, no, you don't need the law. And so he, he wrote, he was very, actually very stern to the Galatians. He told them, oh, foolish Galatians, did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? He that, does miracle, he, he that works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? See, he was correcting something. But in Ephesians, he's not correcting nothing. It's just straight up teaching, straight up instruction, okay? Showing us what our life as believers should look like. And so I, I, I love this particular letter. Okay, so um, let's look at how, how our walk should be out of, out of rest. And see, now that you know from the first three chapters that uh, our lives should 
begin with rest, you're going to be able to see some things that might have been hidden to you before. Okay? So it says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Watch this. As God in Christ forgave you. Now that's much different than the law. Because in the law, you were forgiven if you forgave somebody else. And actually, Jesus, who ministered under the law when he, was, when he lived his life on the earth, he, he lived under the law. And, and that's why you, you've got to, when, when you're reading the Gospels, you have to realize who he's talking to. All right? And he's talking to people who lived under the law. And some things that Jesus said, uh, even in the Gospels, don't apply to us. Some of the things he said was to get people to the end of themselves, and to, to show them the high standard of the law so that, that, that they could realize that they couldn't keep it. Now, one of the things that Jesus said is, is if you don't forgive, he, he, he taught forgiveness, but it was a conditional forgiveness. Hang on to your seat now. Jesus, even though it was Jesus speaking, that's not for us today because this is much different than what Jesus taught those Jews under the law because he was teaching them the law. He said, if you don't forgive, he told them to forgive, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you. That's not new covenant. That was Jesus teaching under the law. Here is much different. We forgive one another, how? As God in Christ forgave you. That's unconditional forgiveness because how did, how did Jesus forgive you? How did God in Christ forgive you unconditionally? Amen. What Jesus did for us on the cross and forgave all of our sins, past, present, and future, was an unconditional forgiveness. And so... That's how we're to walk towards others. We are to forgive unconditionally, forgiving the same way that God forgave you. Now, sometimes, y'all know, come on now, when we want people to, uh, when people have done us wrong, we want to see a, a, few, a few tears. We want to see some remorse. We want to know if you're really sorry. Come on. That's not how our walk should look like. Huh? We forgive as Christ forgave us. How many of you know that that's hard? How many of you know it's hard to love your enemies, to do good to those that hurt you, to pray for the people who despitefully use you. Amen. Think of the people you dislike the most. <laughs> Pastor, I don't dislike anyone. I walk in love. I know that. But on the real... Do you pray for them? It's, it's getting real silent here. That's okay. But what I'm telling you is it's, it's, not, it's not easy at all to love somebody 
who despitefully uses you to pray for people. Okay, let's just get real. Let's say somebody is clearly a racist and they don't like you on the basis of your skin color. Got the person in your mind? Some people you might think is a racist. They may not be, but you think they are. Do you pray for them? When's the last time you prayed for them? Oh, it just got real now. <laughs> Church just got real all of a sudden. See, it's not, my point is, is not to condemn anybody. It's, it's not easy to do. This is why that we live our lives on the basis of rest. You can't do it in your own strength. You've got to have something else on the inside of you so you can live this thing out. How are you going to forgive unconditionally the same way that Jesus forgave you? You're going to need Jesus. Because some people are not very lovable. And see, when you forgive them, don't expect them to act kind after you do it. Oh, shoot, see, I forgave them. Look how, see how they're acting? See, that's your strength. When you do it in Jesus' strength, guess what? It don't make no difference how they act. That's on them. It ain't got nothing to do with you. I said, that ain't got nothing to do with you. I'm helping you in your relationship. Can you, how many of you can see how, how rest and sitting has to do with, with forgiving one another? And living out our lives. See, it's not just, I can do all things. No, I can do all things. Like one person can be doing all things in their strength. But the Bible says it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by what? It's by the Spirit. Okay, one person can be trying to do all things, and somebody else can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Walking in love, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. See, God is going to help you if you lean on him. Some people act like the Lord's not there. It's a faith thing. You got to know that Christ dwells in your heart by faith. We're going to look at a scripture that Paul prayed to that end. Now, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. See, we're children of God. Say, I'm a child of God. You've got God's DNA on the inside of you. Everything you need for your Christian life is on the inside of you. Act like he's there. He's there to help you. One of the, the, the things the Holy Spirit is called is a helper. I like that word the, the best. I mean, he's our comforter. The, the Amplified Bible describes the Holy Spirit as our comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. The one I like uh, the most is helper. It does. It, 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 it covers it all. He's, he, he helps you. He's there to help. And we need to lean on that help every single day. Amen. We, we've got vine life flowing through us, in and through us. Jesus is the vine. We're the branches. We got to stay connected, y'all. 
Amen. The Bible says, abide in the vine. You know what that word abide means? It means to remain. Stay connected. I mean, he'll never leave you or forsake you. But lean in. Lean into the power of God. Lean into the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Be imitators of God as beloved children. And what? Walk in love. As Christ loved us. Again, how does, how does he love us? Unconditionally. How do you walk in love as Christ loved you? With his help. He gave himself up for us. A fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. You know, love never fails. Sometimes when you, you read 1 Corinthians 13, which gives characteristics of love, and you read that, you, you could bow your head and say, oh, man, I don't, I don't measure up to that. Nobody measures up to that 100%, but you know what? That's talking about God's love. See, so don't be condemned when you read that. Nobody hits that 100%. But that's describing the unconditional love of God. And, and see, God's love is on the inside of us. And we can walk in it. See, we need to live from the inside out. Amen. So what, what, what people see on the outside is a result of what's going on on the inside. Like, for example, um, those of you that are watching online right now, I mean, you're able to turn on your phone, go to YouTube, go to Facebook, and see it. But you know what? What you see is not what makes it happen. I mean, to do live streaming so you can see it, there's a power there that, that is behind it that enables for you to see it. Does that make sense to you? I got an Apple Watch on right now. I love my Apple Watch. I had to get it replaced because I broke it. I wanted to cry. But this watch right now, I can look at it and I can see the time on it. But as I found out, even more so, <laughs> I mean, I knew this, but I knew even more so after I broke it, there's a lot of stuff going on on the inside. It costs a lot of money to replace. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can see the time. I can switch. I can go to different apps and things. But there's something on the inside that powers what you can see. Amen. So with us, we got a power that works on the inside of us. Y'all getting some out of this today? Yes. Ephesians 3.20. Oh, man, this is shouting ground right now. Now to him. Now to him. Now to him. Now to him who is able. The Lord is able. How, okay, watch this. He's able. But he's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. How? How does he do it? 
according to the power at work within us. There is a power on the inside. We are to live from the inside out, and it's effortless when we do that, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Say, God, God. is able to do far more abundantly than all I can ask or think. He does it by the power at work within me. I choose to acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit which dwells in me. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus said, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Thank you, Lord. And notice it says, you shall be witnesses. He didn't say you shall do witnessing. And witnessing is important, but he said you'll be a witness. Your life will be a witness. That's what happens when you live out of rest. And you walk out of rest. Say, I walk out of rest. Say, the secret to the Christian life is rest. He that has entered rest has ceased from his own works as God did from his. Thank you, Lord. Colossians 1 and 29 says, you can jot this down. Um, this is in your, in, in your um, oh, there's notes available on the app that you can check out. And uh, Colossians 1.29 says, To this end I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. How did Paul strive? How did he work? According to Colossians 1.29, according to his working. Okay? You, you see the common denominator here? It's his power. According to his working, which works in me mightily. Ooh, man, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. What I'm talking about here is not some mediocre, mundane Christian life. When you got the power working in you, boy, miracles can happen anytime. Manifestations can pop off anytime. Thank you, Lord. We should live with expectation because you got this power. But, you, but we, we need to acknowledge what we have on the inside of us. Suddenlies can happen. In a moment, things can change. Some of the things that you're challenged with right now, I want to speak a word over you. It can change in an instant. Yes. Amen. Sometimes time can discourage you. But the Bible says, let patience have her perfect work so that you may be complete and entire, lacking nothing. Where's that patience? It ain't on the outside. It's on the inside. Where's joy? It ain't on the outside. It's on the inside. Some people's peace, they base their peace on outward circumstances. We have a peace. Jesus said, my peace I leave with you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You got a different kind of peace. Your peace is on the inside. It's not based on 
outward circumstances. Thank you. This is living from the inside out. Same with joy. Your joy is not dependent on the outward circumstances. I think that more Christians need joy. And tell your face <laughs> that you have joy. Amen. Be joyful. Don't be a pessimist. Christians aren't pessimistic. We're optimistic by nature. Well, I'm trying to be optimistic about this. I mean, have real joy. You, you have it. It's on the inside of you. Well, I can't have joy because things don't look right in my life. I wish this was different. I wish that was different. I wish this was changed. I wish that was changed. I'm believing for this and that. And that doesn't seem to happen. Let patience have her perfect work. And rejoice. See, faith shouts while the walls are, of containment are still up. I'm preaching here. Even when it looks like nothing happened. I don't care if it's been five years I've been believing for this. Just keep believing. Keep standing. Keep trusting. See? If you prepare to stand forever, it won't take long. How's your... How's your expectation? What do you see? What do you see? Rejoice based on what you see. The song says it shall be done. I'll, I'll see this song we sung today. If you bind it on earth, I'll bind it in heaven. What are you saying to those circumstances? Paul says we having the same spirit of faith. We believe, therefore, have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What are you saying? Are you seeing the promises? The exceeding great and precious promises. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. See, you need to look into the realm of the spirit and see what belongs to you. Then you'll start shouting. You don't need nothing on the outside to shout. You don't need a praise team to shout. Walk around your house speaking the blessings of God over your home over your family, over your children, over your husband, over your wife. Glory to God. Say what God says. Thank you, Lord. I'm still talking about the same thing, really. Because this, this is what we have on the inside. And this is going to change your walk. Because you live life with a joyful expectation, hope, is a confident expectation of good. And how many of you know during this, all this COVID mess, you need some hope. You need something on the inside. As soon as you turn on the news, they got, you know, people with these hazmat suits and in hospitals and needles and how many people died and how many people are going to die um, by November and all that kind of stuff. Man, listen, forget all of that stuff. Now, faith doesn't deny what's going on. It denies what's going on's right to control me and control you. Don't let the news control you. Not the bad news. Let the good news control you. Hallelujah. There's, there's a lot of good news going on, and we need to spread. Oh, what a good opportunity to share the gospel with people because people are dying. A lot of church folks are dying. Yeah. 
And people don't have answers. But the word has an answer. You win. The word says, no evil shall befall you, neither shall any plague come near your dwelling. Glory to God. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You living in a bubble. I'm believing for God's best. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm believing that I am far above the coronavirus. I don't care how many people die. Now, it's not arrogant. And I, I'm, I'm not happy that people are dying. But you cannot deny what you know. And we need to believe for God's best. I said we need to believe for God's best. And we need to get our hopes up. So many people are in need of hope today, people. And we need to give them hope. We've got hope. The hope of God's word, that God's got you. Because I'm telling you, the world don't have the answer. I don't care what they say. They get these, they march these um, uh, 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 so-called experts about COVID up in front of the camera. And they got to say something because they're experts. I mean, they got to say something. They can't, well, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, be honest with you. I really don't know. They can't say that because they get paid a lot of money to be experts. And they've done a lot of research. And I don't discredit them. And, 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 and these, these people have, have done a, a lot of um, good. And they've, they've, but they just don't know. Nobody but God knows where this stuff is headed. What life is going to look like in September, October, November 2021. Nobody really knows what that looks like. And I'm not saying that to discourage you. I'm talking about hope. One thing we do know, our life is in God's hands. Go with what you know. You know that you dwell in the secret place of the Most High and abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord. What are you saying? I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my Father, and you I will trust. Surely you shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from coronavirus, the perilous pestilence. You shall cover me with your feathers and under your wings we shall take refuge. Your faithfulness shall be our shield and buckler. We shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Thank you, Lord. A thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. Hallelujah. Amen. Say, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right hand, but it shall not come near me because I've made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, my dwelling place. No evil shall befall me, neither shall any plague, including the coronavirus, come near my dwelling. For my father gives his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. In their hands, they shall bear me up, lest I dash my foot against the stone. I shall tread upon 
the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. I shall trample underfoot because I believe in the love that you have for me. Therefore, you will deliver me. You will set me on high because I've known your name. I shall call upon you and you will answer me. You will be with me in trouble. You will deliver me. You will honor me with long life. You satisfy me and show me your salvation, deliverance, preservation, healing, safety, soundness, and prosperity. Somebody shout hallelujah. Woo, man. Doesn't that, doesn't that encourage you coming out of your mouth? Amen. You're saying what God says. His working works in you mightily. Ephesians 3:17, Paul in his prayer for the church at Ephesus says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Listen, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. See, it takes faith to believe that Jesus lives in your heart and live in that reality. Amen? Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship. One translation says we are God's masterpiece. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this is talking about walking, walking in good works. But how, how do we do it? By the power that works in us. Say, I'm a masterpiece. Thank you, Jesus. So these good works were prepared for you before the foundation of the world, that you should walk in them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So what we're doing right now, we're living out what God prepared for us before the foundation of the world. Philippians 2.13, for it is God. Say, it's God, it's God who works in you. Say, it's God who works in me, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Who's doing the working? See, it says in another place in Philippians, and people get this wrong, for um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It didn't say work for your salvation. It said work it out. You can't work it out properly without a working in. I said you can't work it out properly if, if there's not a working in. See, it's God who works in. Say, 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 it's God who works in me. See, that's how you work out. You don't work for your salvation. You're working it out. But it starts from a working within. God working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. According uh, Ephesians 3.16, that this is also in that prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus, that according to the riches of his glory that he may 
grant you to be what? Strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Man, you're packing some, some good stuff on the inside of you. It makes me think about, let me, let me jump to it real quick. Um, the Amplified is really good on, uh, on this. I don't remember exactly which verse, but let's get to it. Thank you. Somebody shout hallelujah while I'm looking for <laughs> The power of God is working in, in me. See, Paul's praying for this. Them. He, he, he prayed that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith, right? Then he prayed that he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in their inner being. I want you to see this from the Amplified. I don't know if it's this verse. Um, no, verse 19. I'm going to read a portion of verse 19. That you may be filled, amplified, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. You are wall-to-wall God. Try to calm down your, your enthusiasm right now. You're wall-to-wall God. I know some of you are thinking, man, that's something to think about. We need to meditate on these things. It's powerful. Glory to God. Okay. Looks like I'm out of time, but... Um, couple more. Um... 1 Corinthians chapter, oh, I had verse 19 queued up. Okay, I read that out of the, uh, that's the ESV. I just read it out of the Amplified. I won't read that for sake of time. Let's go to, um, oops, looks like I'm missing a passage here. Let me just read it to you. And jot this down, Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 22 through 24, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self. So you have a new self on the inside of you. Put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, on the inside, you've been created after the likeness of God in God's image, in, in true righteousness and holiness. Say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Okay, I see. I just had the scriptures out of order here. So, okay. 1 Corinthians 1.30, but of him you are in Christ. Say, you are in Christ who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. What this means is 
ESV says, who, referring to Jesus, became unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is our righteousness. It's been made unto us. Jesus is made unto Jesus. He is made unto us. That means Jesus is our wisdom. You got all the wisdom you need. When you're sitting in a, a, a meeting and they're, they're looking for answers, lean in on the wisdom of God. God can give you solutions to problems that nobody else can figure out. He's made unto us righteousness. See, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. <clears throat> sanctification. He's made unto you sanctification. He's made unto you redemption. Guess what? He's made unto you everything else you need. Anything you need in life, he's made that unto you. Say, I got everything I need. See, so the Christian life should be, our walk should be effortless. I want to conclude with this, one of my favorite passages from the Message Bible, Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. Y'all tired? No, I'm reading the scripture. <laughs> but a lot of people in the Christian life, they're tired. Y'all worn out? Y'all burn out on religion? That's good. But there are a lot of people. How many of you know that a lot of people are? I know people just quit. They're tired. They're worn out. They burn out on religion. But what Jesus said, this is the good news. Come to me. Wouldn't it be so crazy to hear all this bad news going on in the world and then go to church on Sunday and hear more bad news? God's got a problem with you. God's angry with you. You're not, you're not doing enough. You haven't been reading your Bible enough. You, you, you haven't been praying enough. You haven't been doing enough for the Lord. I mean, you're just catching it from every side. You're catching it from the world. You're catching it in church. And Jesus said, look, and, he, and he's talking to people, in this context, he's talking to people who were trying to keep the law and couldn't keep it. And the law's purpose was to bring a person to the end of themselves. The law was never given for a man to keep. We're told in the New Covenant in Timothy that the law was not made for a righteous person. I gave a homework assignment Thursday night or Wednesday night in our Bible class to find a scripture that talks about that the law was given. And I made a statement before I gave the assignment. The, the law wasn't given for a man to keep. God gave man a law for them to break. <laughs> and I asked them to find a scripture that says the law was given to increase sin. Not to stop it. So why is the law preached today? The law is a ministry of condemnation. The law is a ministry of death. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 is a ministry of condemnation. We shouldn't be teaching the law today. That was for the old covenant. We're in a new covenant. And we're not under the law. We're under grace. 
The law was given to bring a person to the end of themselves so that people could realize that I can't keep it. You wondering where that scripture is? I'm not going to tell you. The law was given to increase sin. I'll tell you. Romans 5.20. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. See, and sometimes people are not trying to keep the Ten Commandments there, but it's the principle of the law, which is do good, get good. Do bad, get bad thinking that, that, that they have to do something in order for God to bless them, that they need to qualify for God's favor. But the scripture tells us we're already qualified, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. You are qualified for God's blessings. Jesus got good news for y'all that's tired and worn out and burnt out on church. Come to me. Get away with me. So you see, Jesus is different than religion. He said, I'll, I'll, I'll show you. He said, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Yes. See, this life that I'm talking about, our walk should be effortless because we're walking with Jesus. We're abiding in the, in the, in the vine. He'll show you how to treat that co-worker that's, that's um, messing with you. Watch how he does it. Learn the forced... I wish I had a praying church today. Not to force, but what? Learn to what? Huh? Oh, y'all can't see the screen. Learn to what? Y'all just watching. What does it say down there? Unforced what? Rhythm. Amen. It's a rhythm. There's a, it's talking about a flow, the rhythms of grace. He said, I, now religion will, but I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live free. Woo! Freely and lightly. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody shout amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Lord, for your word.